Hey, Radical Gold Diggers, be excited that you're one step closer to meeting your goals by tuning into this podcast. The best strategy is not only being disciplined, but being consistent. So subscribe to this podcast and allow me, Rev D, an empowering and spiritual coach to give you tips and walk you through everyday challenges we all encounter on our goal journeys. It's not about wanting more. It's about getting your piece of the pie and enjoying it. You deserve to walk in your divine purpose and live in the fulfillment of God's promises. If you need a one-on-one consultation, contact me through my website, 2020rgd.com or email me at 2020radicalgolddiggers at gmail.com. I help you see yourself with a 2020 vision and to achieve your goals. You can do it, Radical Gold Diggers. A better you makes a better world. Now get a pen and pad and take notes from this podcast and share my podcast with others that are ambitious like yourself. Listen up, Gold Diggers. Money moves. So we had such a good conversation last week. And, um, you know, I wanted everyone to leave the table with thinking of other ways that's within our reach that we can generate other streams of revenue or just make money um, another way, you know, outside of the way we're, we're already doing it, right? Um, so we left with this question and that question is, did you commit to a new, new ways of making money with you already have? And, um, I want you to think about that because that's going to help us in our conversation tonight, you know, and even if you just thought about it and came up with some ideas, you know, that's good, you know, um, but the thing is to start thinking different, you know, I've been doing this for so long and I, and, you know, and, and I'm generating this money, but you know, the name of the game is, is multiplication here. You know, we have to multiply whatever we have to make more money and and whether that be investing what we had, however we choose to do it. Right. So that's the question. Did you commit to new ways to make more money with what you already have? Because like I stated last time, God has given us countless ways to generate money. He really has. And, um, you know, and it's up to us to um, work hard at, at a way that, you know, that we're able to produce money and We've been so conditioned, you know, get a job, you know, that's it. But, you know, we we certainly have to find a way <laughs> to generate money. And uh, if it's not in a career, it's entrepreneurship in, in all kinds of ways, right? And investing and saving. So I want you to think about that. And if anybody wants to share how their week was of thinking about and being creative. Because remember I said, look, we want to use that creative part of our mind to do something different than what we're doing, right? And 
And I want to know if anybody wants to chime in or anything that they may have done or committed to or want to share, you know, even if you haven't started it, do you have a starting point? <laughs> and, and does anybody want to share? Did you commit to new ways of making more money? Yeah, so I wanted to share, and as you know, this is very um, personal to me because I am an entrepreneur. Um, I own two businesses. One I started two years ago and one I started just a year ago. And my history on that is real simple. My parents were entrepreneurs. So when I was a young girl, my dad was the first African-American food truck owner on Long Island back in New York. This was back in the 1970s. And if any of you guys know the ice cream man, he was the hit of the summer, of the weekend. Everybody always chased after the ice cream man. So my dad had an ice cream truck back in the early 70s. And he, he had that business for several years before he passed. And when he passed, my mom took that business over. And she ran it probably for about five years um, until she couldn't do it any longer. My brothers were getting older and nobody wanted to help her out. So she ended up selling the business. But I saw early on um, how having your own business can help you um, to achieve certain things in, in life. And that was what instilled in me that at some point in my time, I wanted to become a business owner. At one point, I had worked with your sister, um, Denise, on doing real estate investing as well. And, you know, that was something that I'm, I'm still considering doing. But for right now, my businesses are, I'm a, I'm a home-based travel agent. I have a host agency that, that sets everything up for me, but I run the business out of my home. And I also sell jewelry, touched on crystal jewelry, uh, direct selling division of Swarovski Crystals. And so there are businesses out there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to think about what it is that you want to do, what areas interest you and do some research on it. Because trust me, there's a business out there for you. You just have to kind of know what it is that you want to do and do the research and find it. It's, it's out there. So don't make this more complicated than it really has to be and don't overthink it because there are businesses there. You just have to kind of filter down what it is that you want to do. Okay, well, see, Angela, you're, you're an inspiration, okay? Because that's what we're trying to do, generate other streams of revenue. And there's um, quite a few ways we can do it. And, you know, I wanted us to walk away with some ideas and then come back and say, hey, why not try this? Or why not try that? You know, so to help us to get out of you know, our fin to, to get financial stability and to be actively working on that, you know, to be actively working on that. Okay, so I'm gonna go on to our next thing here on our slide. Good habits and bad habits. Um, what stands in the middle of that V? Anybody know what stands in the middle of that V? choices the choice of which way we want to go and i could say consciously and subconsciously we can make um good and bad choices but you know as a coach we're once again i'm bringing it to the forefront 
to get us to think about some of the ways we are doing just that, fostering good habits and trying to get rid of these bad money habits because it's in those bad money habits that kind of keep us from going where we're trying to go. And if we're not really thinking about like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> How can I fix it? You know, and you know, then we'll just keep doing the same thing. And that's not what we want to do. We want to make a radical gold diggers to make radical change to um, make some improvement in our financial situation. So it's our choices. So this is the powers in our hands. Now this next slide here, I'm not judging anybody on this on this next slide. I'm not judging anybody on the next slide. And it's it's just bringing some of the things that we already know to to the forefront, you know. And uh, <clears throat> here are 11 habits keeping us broke or poor, all right? This week, I'm going to talk about some bad habits. And next week, we're going to talk about some good habits going along with some of the um, entrepreneur things that we're going to be doing to improve our status. So right now, I have before you here are 11 uh, habits keeping you broke or poor and this is just some of these may not apply to you and some of them may say hey I could do better in this area you know this is this is no judgment it's just to think about where and what areas can I improve in this is what this is all um, really about and um, number one it says don't have a budget you know, you don't have a budget or you don't keep it up to date. And if you don't have a budget, how do you know how much money you're earning, spending and saving? <laughs> so a budget is very important. Without a budget, it's very difficult to accomplish our financial goals. So that's like, you know, that's a major step to see what is the budget, you know. A budget is is all about knowing how much you earn so you can set spending targets and hopefully save some money you know and just knowing how much you're spending can help you spend less because you become more conscious about it and i know somewhere along the line at go table talk we talked about that you know money the money we just spend on just eating out you know just calculate that for a month and see how much that is so i know we've we've talked about that and you know, um, let's just say if you didn't grow up in a, a good uh, environment where good financial habits were, were taught, a budget is the first step to becoming financially aware. Now, uh, Angela grew up <laughs> where, you know, the family were, were very um, instrumental in helping her foster this entrepreneur um, spirit that she has that's, that's benefiting her. You know, so, you know, we try to teach our kids young to how to save money. We give them pig, piggy banks, you know, but even as adults, we need piggy banks. <laughs> we need to be saving some money. You know, me me and my husband for many years have kept um, the water bottles that 
that go on top of the big filters have kept one of those water bottles and it continually just throw changing, changing, changing. And then like by the end of the year, we're dumping it out because it's Christmas time and it's definitely <laughs> gotta buy gifts. And it always came out a few hundred dollars was really saved up and it just changed. So that's just another way to just take that chump change and just throw it in there and and forget it, you know. And um, now he has one in, in his area and I have one in my area. And that's, you know, just another way. Um, but anyway, getting back to a budget, a budget is um, very important, very important. And I'm going to stop there and say, is anybody working on a real budget that's benefited? them and that they are not only tracking what they spend, you know, they're tracking what they're saving. Well, the part of that um, that said not keeping your budget updated, that was me. Mine's is a a little dated there. You know, I'm using it, but I haven't updated it. Okay. Um, Once again, number two, not aware of spending habits. That's very, very important. Spending too much money on stuff you don't need. Any if anybody gonna say that they do that? I I can. I do. <laughs> yeah. W- w- one of the I ways do. that I yeah. One of the ways that I track how much I spend is I stop using cash because when you spend cash, a lot of times you don't get a receipt and you don't know where it went. And so I stop carrying cash. I carry limited cash and I use a card for everything. I make my teenage son use a card for everything. And then we go back and we look and I said, look at, I dare you. I told my son, I dare you to look at how much of your money you spent on eating out. When you tell me you want something tangible Mm -hmm. that you're going to be able to see, I want you to go back and look at your bank account because you swipe that card, you swipe that card and now the money is gone, but it gives you a way to go back and look. And I learned that at a young age in my late teens, early twenties, I had an American Express gold card. And in order to get my credit to boost up, I swiped it for everything. And I just paid the bill in full at the end of the month. And it, they give you a list. You know, they give you a readout at the end of the year, how you spent your money. They break it down by travel and food and all this good stuff. And I'm like, whoa. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. It helps to track it. Okay. It does. It does. Thank you. Anybody um, have anything else before I go on to this next one? That's a good one. Use, you know, it's, it's like two ways. They say, well, if you spend with cash, right, um, then you don't use the credit card. But if you use it as a debit card, then it's like using cash. So that's the, that's the you know, the good part about that. Right. And pay the bill in full. And pay the bill, pay the bill in, in full. You in have full. Yeah, mm-hmm. spend what you don't have in your bank account, even on the credit card. <laughs> in, in theory. <laughs> that is true. Okay. Can I add to that? Sure. Um, along the credit cards, it's also, um, you want to use those credit cards to kind of give you cash rewards or points or some type of rebate um, so you could take advantage of that. Okay. Yes, I had a girlfriend that um, used her card, her Chase card, to earn points that later translated into money. You know, she could she could cash out of it because she earned a certain amount of points. So 
cards that have benefits like that are worth it. You know, they're worth it. Just you use the same, let's say, uh, debit card to build points, you know. Um, right, like the cashback rewards. Mm -hmm. So when you have that, you could either pay towards your bill or you could even exchange for gift cards, say at Target for a time and a half in value or, you know, whatever vendor that offers that or twice the, the value. So you could just pay, you know, $25 for a $50 gift card. So <laughs> they're like all these little um, gimmicks. Yeah. Yep, it is. It is. And and it's to see which ones um, apply to the ones that we have. Maybe we don't even know about the incentives on some of the cards that we're using, but there are some. There definitely are some incentive and, and we need to know what they are. So that's that's good. Um, what about holding on to stuff, giving it to a false sense of worth? Okay. Have you ever have you ever been to someone's house and it's packed full of stuff, right? Or maybe there's the one with a bunch of stuff <laughs> in your own house, right? When when people buy a lot of stuff that they keep in their house, it can create a sense of being, you know, like like you have a lot, right? Well, um, you know, some of these things are not really helping us. If you're going to do this, you'll feel, you'll feel more, it says you feel more like you have more, but in reality, it's, it, you, you want to spend on things that, um, not having a lot of the same thing, but spend on things that, you know, have some value to it, you know? So buying stuff is, is one habit to keep you from, um, you know, buying stuff you don't need is to keep you from going broke. So that's another one. Holding on to, to stuff, giving it a false sense of, of worth, you know, buying uh, cheap or uh, quantity instead of quality, you know, um, that's another one. And you slow me down if there's one that speaks to you. You don't, um, another reason that you know, um, that we could be going broke because we don't have a long-term goal. <laughs> well, that's what Gold Table Talk is all about, is having goals, long-term goals, goals for our future. And that's what, we, what we're doing now. We, our goal now is to make more money. <laughs> so what, what do we need? We need some goals. And that was last week's homework, is to come up with creative ways to do just that, right? Um, what about not investing extra money? You know, somebody said, well, who has extra money? <laughs> who has extra money? Well, you, you'd be surprised. And I just talked about just change alone, you know, change. And um, you'd be surprised, you know. So that's, you know, not investing extra money. Or look around. Maybe you do have some extra money and you never really thought about it, you know. Um you could use something and say, well, you know, I never thought about it. I could I could use that as um, to make extra money. So, you know, you never know. Um, Re Reverend D, you know, that goes back to what you were just talking about with having lots of stuff. Take some of that stuff and put it on eBay. Put it on those sales sites and sell some of that stuff. Take that extra money and pay off a credit card or invest it. 
that's how you, you know, you got to look at the different ways that, that you can earn by getting rid of some of the extra stuff that you have at home Absolutely. and just selling it, you know, and paying off a bill or putting it in the bank or, you know, that way you're not touching your savings or you're checking, you're, you're taking that extra money and doing something else with it. So that's another way. Yes. That, that, because I'm going to tell you, um, I love to go to thrift stores. Um, I love to go to estate sales and I just love to do these things because you never know what somebody may deem junk may be exactly what you've been looking for, you know, but, um, I need to do that. <laughs> I need to get rid of a lot of stuff, you know, um, my sister introduced me to the store called Labels. You know, well, I need to get rid of my labels because I'm not really using those labels like I used to, you know, my pocketbooks and all those things that I may have. And 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 some of it is timeless, you know, and you can still get a good penny for some of those pocketbooks, if you will, you know. So I think we can look around and find some money. <laughs> and like, like Angela said, and sell it, you know. Um, this site called Labels, you know, you can put your pocketbook on there and they'll give you, um, you know, a month. But if people don't come back to get their items, they keep them. <laughs> they, they got a business going on there. That's a racket. You know, you ever put something in the cleaners and you, you forgot it was there, <laughs> you know? So they're hoping that, you know, these people really didn't want it and that, they're not going to come back for it. But that's just something to think about. Look around and see where you can um, possibly sell something you're no longer using and make that money and pay off a bill, right? So that's a good one. So um, not investing extra money, don't pay off your credit card balances. Um, well, let's let's start there. Um, that That is a whole um, subject right there, paying off your credit card balances, you know, and then when you pay them off, um, not to run them back up. Well, I've lived long enough that I paid them off and I ran them back up. I'm like, how did I do that? <laughs> I paid it off and I ran it right back up. And, um, the thing is it happens so quick and, and now my mindset's a little different. It's, you know, I, I, I don't want to use a credit card unless I have to, you know, unless I have to. I want to go somewhere and be able to pay for it because I don't, I, I want to keep good credit. You know, it's sometimes as soon as you uh, make a purchase, some of your credit cards, um, you can get an alert from one of your creditors that it's already been flagged, you know, and then your credit score, uh, a drop a point or two. So, you know, the credit game is, is a real game that if you play it to your advantage, you, you, you're, you're wealthy just with a good credit score. You know, you're wealthy with just a good credit score. Anybody have anything they want to add to, to that conversation on credit, using your credit cards and keeping a good credit score? Because you got to use the credit cards even though, but you got to pay those bills. <laughs> so anybody else want to add anything to that? They're, they actually look at um, the percentage. So it's like your um, 
like in, uh, not income to debt ratio in this case, but like the overall um, credit limit that you have and your usage. So if you use 3% or if you use, you know, 70% of your credit limit, um, they kind of look at that and then they, um, so your credit score is also based on that. There are other criteria, but that's one. Right, of right. Absolutely. They're looking, they're looking at the percentage rate and yeah, that's, that is very, very important that we keep that credit score um, at a good, at a good uh, position. So when we, if we have to use it for a big purchase, cause that's when it's really going to come into play for something big. So, you know, can I ask a question here? Sure. Well, when you're talking about the credit card balance and uh, using 30% of it or using 70% of it, what are you actually saying that if you, the more you use the card, the better off your credit is? No, it's two things there. They're looking at, if like just to say one credit card, you used 100% of it. That's going to reflect negative. But if you use 5% of it, okay, and they see your credibility that you paid it the following month, that's, that's going to pay off favorable, you know, because you're, you're using it, but you're not using a high percentage of it. Oh, I see. Okay, right. thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and just to add to that, you want to have um, the the higher available credit available you have. So you have a credit card that's a ten thousand dollar limit, but you're only using one thousand. You know, they you know they're saying okay, you have nine thousand available credit. So it's that percentage as well. It's the used versus available, and you want to have more available credit. So one of the biggest mistakes people make is they pay off their credit card and they close the account. When you close the account, you now have no more available credit and it goes down. Your credit score goes down. And people think that that's, well, I closed the account, so that should be good. It's not. You want to um, pay it off and leave the available credit and just be disciplined and not use it. Right. You know, and if you have if you have cards that charge you a yearly fee, that's no good. Get rid of those. But you want available credit on a card that doesn't have a yearly fee that they're not charging you if you're not using it. And then you just want to use it occasionally and pay it off because you want to have the most available credit um, possible. Okay. And and let me tell you what they used to do, mortgage companies. You know, if you were going to buy a house, and I don't know if they still do this, but before, they would want you and make you pay off that debt, you know. And, but now, like Lisa said, you, you have to know how it works they want you to pay it off because they don't want you to be able to use it and not be able to pay them back (laughs) you know so they want you to get rid of you know those credit cards but now we know how the game works you you need to it show that you have this available you know and then obviously be disciplined (laughs) not and not to use it all up so but yeah that's that's a good one. That's yeah, when I paid off my credit at the beginning of the year, my credit score jumped by a hundred points within the first forty-five days. And you and you didn't close them out. You, you did not close them out. Right, you kept the limit. So, you know, um, 
if anyone here has to, to, to get that credit together, these are some of the, um, you know, some tricks that really work, you know, and um, find, find things to sell. I bet you have some things to sell that you, you're not even married to, you know, like, oh yeah, I could sell that. And it's just sitting there. You got money just sitting there, you know? So I bet there's some things that you can let go of, you know? Um, let's see. Uh, number nine, if you don't have a, a financial plan, you know, um, I had said last week, um, that I wasn't the expert, the expert in financial planning, but that my sister um, was. You know, she she does it for a living. You know, and um, I want to get her on here to to help us uh, be more financial savvy. You know, um, so the, I, these are my little notes on that. While you may think financial planning and a budget are the same, they are different. And not having a financial plan might be one of the habits keeping you broke. A budget is focused more on next month or the quarter while a financial plan is focused on the next decade, if you will. You know, you got to plan out your future there. So your financial plan should be a model for how you're going to achieve your financial goals. It should lay out how your investments are expected to grow over time and how you plan to build your wealth. So this is, you know, this is something that we we have to get more serious with. gold diggers. I just want to thank you for tuning into this podcast. And I'm a life coach and I love building confidence and helping you achieve your goal. So do me a favor, subscribe to this podcast and be inspired.